0: Good morning and welcome to Rural Queensland today on this Friday morning, the 8th of September. A very good morning to everybody listening to us across the Resonate Broadcast Network through 4SB in Kingaroy, 4ZR in Roma, 4VL in Charleville, 4HI in Emerald, 4LM Mount Isa, 4LG Longreach, 4GC Charters Towers, and the Hot Country Network. Good morning to you. Ben Dobbin, rural Queensland today, and you can get me onto my email dobbo at ruralqldtoday.com.au. You can also like our Facebook page, go to Spotify, and catch up on any of the previous episodes. And we've got so much to get through this morning. Yep, the Bronx are playing tonight. Major semi final. And semis are underway. We'll also look at so much. Senator Susan MacDonald joining us shortly. We're going to catch up with the Managing Director of What If. We're going to talk racing. And there is a big, big serious issue with the racing in the bush. Andrew Watts will join us as well. We'll catch up with much, much more as well as we look forward to what will be a massive weekend in Queensland. Let's get into it. Senator Susan McDonald, she's a regular on this show. It's Friday morning and she joins us next on Rural Queensland Today across the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today. As I said, we start the show as usual on a Friday morning with Senator Susan McDonald joining us this morning on Rural Queensland Today. Good morning, Senator. Thank you so much for being with us. How's your week been in Canberra? Uh,
1: ben, it's been a terrific week. Uh, busy, of course. We've had all the uh, the mining crowd in town. Uh, we've had Western Australia uh, sheep producers in town. There's been seafood association people. It's it's been great. Lots of people being here to to uh, make sure that they see ministers and uh, they hear what their what their challenges are and uh, what the opportunities are. So yeah, it's been been terrific to see so many great people in town.
0: Yeah, there's obviously a lot going on. Um, but I just want to talk about the decision and with Qatar and w- w- what is going on there and, and now the Senate inquiry into Qantas and the handling of this along with the government. This has been, uh, look, and, and don't get me wrong, the national brand is Qantas and everybody, you know, w- you and I both fly with Qantas. Um, I have the whole time I try to fly exclusively with them as an Australian brand but gee whiz, I've got a bad taste with what I'm reading and what I'm seeing at the moment with what's gone on and there's something not quite right.
1: Well, I think that the CEO has left um, incredible damage to a brand and a name that you're absolutely right. We love. We love the story of Quattus. You know, that it started in the northwest of Queensland and for a very important reason, to um, to beat the tyranny of distance, to deliver mail, to move people around, you know. And these things all still stand. You know, Quattus travels, ca- carries freight, carries people. It's, it's a... A terrific business, but unfortunately, there's not been an investment in in new planes. Uh, the new CEO is going to have an uphill battle about how she manages that. Uh, but the really concerning thing, um, oh, and of course, the ACCC doing an inquiry into whether or not Qantas was selling tickets on flights that they'd already cancelled. Uh, and then they identified that they had $500 million, nearly half a million dollars, of flight credits that they had told passengers would expire on the first of December uh, this year, and now they've decided to extend the credits, which is, you know, absolutely the right thing to do because there's still limited flights people be able to use them, uh, you know. Anyway, so for a whole lot of reasons, the Qantas brand is has has really suffered, but this latest one I think is the worry because uh, Qatar Airways uh, put in an application to. Bring more flights into the capital cities. Uh, Perth, uh, Brisbane, Sydney, Melbourne, the places that, that the passengers are, are mostly wanting to fly out of. And the, the, tr- the lack of transparency around this decision is really disturbing. You know, this should be something that Australians are able to see and hear exactly what happens. So the Transport Minister made a decision. Why? With uh, the
0: with they? The, I mean, it is being reported that Alan Joyce did write to them, and he certainly wrote to the Prime Minister, and he certainly wrote to the Transport Minister, and they made this decision off the back of what? What, what, what well, was the back of what was it like? Is it profit for shareholders? What was? I mean, is it? It was it politicising it because Alan Joyce gave him enormous support. Is Is it around the yes vote? Like, I I don't get what the reasoning was, Senator, because the only people that would have benefited out of this was the Australian public. It is the 100% in all areas from live export. As David Littleproud said, we might be sitting, but underneath this, you normally got frozen freight. You've got all this stuff going overseas. All these things, all these export um, potential, all happen. When you get more flights in, yet the government saw it fit not to. Now, I, I, can this? I've got to ask you this, and I don't know. There, there is obviously going to be looked into. Can this decision be reversed? Can can a government then grant these flights? Can that happen? And will the pressure uh, that is going to be put on the government, and rightly so, and Qantas see them reverse this decision?
1: Well, governments can remake decisions at any point and that is absolutely an option. And and I unfortunately cannot answer your question about why because uh, the Minister, Catherine King, won't publish a reason. Uh, She's been really uh, tricky around when she told the Prime Minister or not. I mean, you know, you've got to ask, did the Prime Minister call her and say, Qantas has done a great thing by us, they're putting yes on our planes there giving money uh, free flights to yes campaigners uh, we've got to, we've got to you know give them a thank. Uh, maybe that's not it Maybe it is uh, some other reason but
0: that's playing you know, a factor. I, I mean you know look I, you can't say that I can. There's absolute correlations <laughs> there's absolute correlations in that kind of behavior and you well, know um, you don't, don't have know, to be bl- do you we? don't have to be blind Freddie. You don't have to be blind, Freddie, to know the background, the relationship that the Prime Minister and Alan Joyce have had, the campaign that he has had and Alan Joyce's, um, who, who, to be fair, if you were a shareholder at Qantas, you are happy because he drove profits. But was it in the best interest of the nation? No. No, it wasn't. And was the government thinking in the best interest of Australians? No. In this case, absolutely not. And I know I bang on about it, but it's the point now that you look at and you go, okay, they don't have the best interest of us as a country. But you go, do they have the best interest of us uh, as a country? And I say, no, I I actually don't think they do. And, And this is the stepping point which leads to so many other areas, unfortunately, and that's the concern now. We really have got some concern, Senator.
1: Well, that's exactly right, Ben, and I I think even the list of possible reasons why that decision was made, even considering all of those, when you weigh it against the fact that Australians are struggling to get onto flights, there's not enough flights uh, to be had for the amount of travel that people want to do, and the cost of flights is eye-watering. It doesn't matter whether we're talking from regional Australia uh, to the coast or, or the other way. All going overseas, it is making it very expensive. This Qatar decision could have fixed that. It could have bought 70,000 more seats into the market. It would have put downward pressure on prices. Uh, given the way that the cost of living and inflation is going, that could only have been a good thing. So, you know, I, I think it'll be this. This um, inquiry is a great thing. Labor tried to block it yesterday. They tried to block it without giving any consultation to the crossbench, certainly to the opposition. Uh, it was a real schmuzzle. It was a real schmuzzle. And you had people like Jackie Lambie standing up in the Senate and saying, this is outrageous. You cannot. You don't like the decision to have an inquiry. Now you're trying to undermine it, but you're not even consulting with us as to what you want. So, you know, it was a, it was a complete schmuzzle yesterday, and unfortunately... We're seeing a lot of it in the Senate, where the government comes unprepared; they don't have their legislation ready. Uh, if this is, it really worries me about how they're running the country. And I suspect, you know, the unions and uh, other people who weren't elected. Uh, they're shadowy figures behind the door. Uh, they are having far more influence than they should in a in a democracy, and uh, and it is a real mess down here at the moment.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. Um, another area of concern, Senator, and I mean this genuinely. Is the renewables, the race for renewables. I'm getting sick of it. I spoke with Greg Bennett earlier this week, you know, the proposed solar farm 70 kilometres from the Great Barrier Reef, um, right on the banks of the Calliope River. Now, I, that's all that's well and good. And But between solar and, and wind farms and anything that's in renewable, they're in their own world vegetation laws, reef regulations that we all have to abide by, normal regulations that the government have enforced on us from this far left, we all have to abide by. It's barbaric. But no, 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 if you're a renewable, all bets are off. It doesn't matter. It does not matter. If you're a renewable, even if you've got that, you can do what you want. You you, you abide by your own laws. I mean, this is barbaric. I, I, I don't like being a scaremonger. I just am shocked that... They've got one rule for the grazing industry, and that covers all of all of Queensland. Your parents, they're under the reef regulations laws. They've got the same laws as somebody who lives 70 kilometres from the Great Barrier Reef. Nothing runs that way, but, you know, by the by. Now, you look at this and say, well, okay, you're going to destroy native vegetation. You're putting it at risk, blah, 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 blah. And now we're, we've got this. I mean, I, I just am shocked.
1: Well, it, it is really clear that the, um, when the government got in and made the, the um, net zero by 2030 with an 82% renewables, uh, they have to see renewable projects jammed in anywhere that they can. And this is the result. This is the result of government subsidies where they skew the market uh, and, and they drop regulations, environmental regulations and others. Um, you know, I think that it is it, it does need to be made more uh, transparent. That if you want to build um, a, a new um, irrigation project or a renewable energy project, they should have the same standards that they have to apply to. That would be a fair and reasonable thing. Uh, but this is a a, a, transparent, a a lack of transparency, a real rush to install projects. That unfortunately, in lots of places in the country, don't have a way to connect to the grid. So, you know, we are just offshoring uh, all of our jobs to China, to be clear. The vast majority of these panels are made, you know, in China, some in Singapore, some in India, uh, but certainly not in Australia. And there's some plan, I, I understand, from Labor that they think that mine workers in, in coal and, and other things. Uh, that they're going to be able to convert their jobs to installing uh, renewable energy projects. Of course, that's a really short-term plan. It doesn't recognise their, uh, their their great skill set, their you know ability to work in industrial uh, locations, which is why we've been talking about nuclear. You know, when we look at what Canada is doing, Ontario in particular, uh, bringing on um, uh, nuclear energy projects, uh, you know, that would be a genuine. Uh, ability for Australia to keep the jobs here, for us to upskill uh, our, our manufacturing sector, uh, to have cheaper, low emissions energy. You know, all of that could happen uh, and build Australia, build Australia's capacity and strength and, and skills. Uh, but, you know, I'm very concerned about projects that just come in on boats. There is no Australian um, workforce content in it, no jobs uh, apart from uh, installing them. And it's, it's taxpayers' money is being used to skew the market to, to enable that to happen. So there is a lot to talk about that. And this weekend at the uh, National Party Conference in Canberra, uh, it'll certainly be a hot topic of conversation.
0: That's the biggest one. Um, and that's uh, the biggest one we can try and really look at. I'm sure in time we'll see the end of what has been a debacle in the way this regulation. regulations. I know as a National Party and I know as the LNP, you guys are going to make sure that this gets sort of some regulation around it and the only thing we can hope for is... When we get the opportunity, we vote with our hands and our feet, and that's the big thing. Senator, we really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, There's millions of issues we could talk about, navigate our way through. We're going to leave it at that today. Have a great weekend at the conference. Um, No doubt uh, burning the candle at both ends, and we'll talk to you again next week. That'll be terrific. Take care, Ben. See you later. Uh, Rural Queensland today, you're with Ben Dobbin. Uh, It is the 8th of September across the Resonate Broadcast Network. We'll take a break, come back with more. Welcome back to Rural Queensland today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. It is the 8th of September across rural and regional Queensland. Good morning. I hope you're well. Uh, Really honoured to have the Managing Director of What If, Daniel Finch, joining us this morning as they have just recently announced the winners of their 2023 What If Uniquely Aussie Awards. Now, if you're booking, you know where to go. You just go to What If. If you need accommodation, that's what you do. I've told everybody this many, many times. Daniel, good morning, mate. Um, I know a tragic South supporter. Uh, you'd be crying in your week, Beaks, but, mate, you get the opportunity today. It's all, all all healed. You can support the Broncos and be happy this year. Good morning.
2: Morning, Dobbo. And look, yep, bad bad news about the Bunnies, but I'm backing the Broncos all the way. Go to Broncos.
0: <laughs> that's good. <laughs> uh, what If have been unbelievable in this, and we've spoken to you before with – when, when you had the, the big pineapple, the, the, the big watermelon at Chinchilla and you installed that and made that an icon, but you've come up with these quirky awards where you give tourist operators and businesses a chance to shine because, let's face it, we're the best kept secret in the world and if we don't sell the secret, nobody knows. And as COVID has been as hard and a difficult time, off the back of that, we sort of came out of the ashes and, and we've, got, we've grown and got better. And what What If have done is done this amazing thing where you've awarded some of the real unique and, and iconic tourism destinations throughout Australia.
2: Yeah, we've been doing this for, for a number of years now. And, you know, Australia has so many little hidden gems. We just want to help Aussies and, and even international visitors discover these hidden gems, particularly with small business. And we know in in regions, you know, such as the Northern Territory and Queensland, in particularly, one in seven businesses are connected directly to tourism. And so, if we can help people, as they're discovering Australia, stop by a destination, or a you know a corner store, or um, a local operator, and support their business, but by having a unique experience, you know, where travels are only going to be better for it, and so will small business and economy and. This is the sixth year we've done the Uniquely Aussie Awards, and it's just about helping people discover these hidden gems. So, you know, we we look at different categories, um, you know, particularly people on a road trip, um, you know, where they should stop, what they should buy, what they should eat, drink, see, or experience. And like I said, it's just about helping small business and, and also discovering the hidden gems in this great country.
0: It's to find these experiences, you can head to whatif.com forward slash Aussie Awards because all the finalists for twenty twenty three are up there in each state. Now, I've got That's to talk right. about I've got to talk about the best hot springs, the Innot Hot Springs in Queensland. Um, phenomenal, and I mean, I'm out of Brisbane and I'm going. I'm literally going to go here today. The best sandwich in Queensland is at Melt Brothers in Brisbane. Now, I mean, you only have to say Melt, and I think of cheese and other goodies to go with it, so I'm going to go there. And y- y- you talk about the best brewery, and there's so many iconic breweries across across Queensland, but I think everybody who comes to Brisbane now and who drives in from the west or from north goes to Felons and... What a wonderful job they've become. They've become iconic, haven't they, on the, on the banks of the mighty brown snake of the Brisbane River. It, it's just an unbelievable location.
2: Yeah, Fel- felons is incredible. And the great thing about uh, felons is it's, number one, it's family-friendly. Two, you can take your, your dog and sit there and have a couple of, uh, you know, crisp lagers if you want. But the, the great thing about Felons is it's just so welcoming, great hospitality, It's a magnificent environment, magnificent view easy uh to get to out of the cbd and they've just created a, a, a venue that makes you want to sit there relax and soak up some queensland hospitality whilst you know sipping on you know one of the, the nation's best ears uh and, and that's one of these things that we're trying to do um with these awards is, is help people discover and people down south probably wouldn't be as familiar with with Um, You know, it's local Brisbaneites or Queenslanders would know. And and that's what we're trying to do, get people from Melbourne and Sydney when they're up in Brisbane next, talking about felons and making sure they pop in and and have a couple of drinks and support that local business.
0: It also bodes well, doesn't it, you know, for people going – and, I mean, the regional tourism business is is now a hot commodity. I mean, everybody's clamouring for it. And you guys have been huge supporters of it. You just haven't been metropolitan. You've been very much the regional areas and very much – hey, we've got to make regional areas shine. And are you surprised by just the – every second person is in the winter, oh, we're going west or we're looking in our own backyard, rather than traditionally, you know, we're doing a European summer or or, we're going skiing in New Zealand. There's a real – since COVID, we've seen a real shift of people saying, hey – Let's go and have a look at the dinosaurs in Winton. Let's go. Let's go out to the the heat pools out past Charleville. Let's go and have a look at some some stuff in Longreach. It's very much and and you guys have been huge supporters of that. As much as your focus is to give people an opportunity in Brisbane, you've also wanted to make the, the jewel in the crown, which is the West, shine as well.
2: Yeah, definitely. And and there's, there's a couple of reasons for that. You know the. the over the years, and we've been doing um, you know this sort of business, the online travel thing, for over 20 years now. So we've got loads of data. And, and so what we do with that data is we, we cut it, slice it, and dice it, and start to pick you know, little things that, that stand out to us that are important. And particularly those things that are important is, without doubt, domestic tourism. So with that research that we've done and that you, utilizing the data that we have, We've seen that Aussies are really good travellers and they, they spend a lot of time researching when they go to Europe, when they go to America, when they go to Southeast Asia. But they're pretty lazy when it comes to exploring their own backyard. Aussies are good at travelling domestically, but yep. lazy when it comes to looking for new destinations. So Isn't we funny. felt that it was our yeah, yeah, and we just felt it was our duty to, to do better for the country and do better for Aussies and, and like I said, surface these destinations, surface these experiences, surface um, you know, local tourism in a way that no one else is really doing, and we want to celebrate it. But we just want to get these, you know, the, a better education for travellers, um, and, and right the way from from the young generations to the older grey nomads, help discover these unique destinations in this great country. And you'll have an international experience in your own backyard, um, and that's what we're, you know, we're continuing to do. And as you mentioned, you know. There aren't many travel operators that would build a, you know, construct a three-ton watermelon and drop it in the town that grows watermelon, as Chinchilla does, um, and that's just to drive better, better awareness, great experiences, and get Aussies exploring not just their tried and trusted, but well and truly beyond that.
0: Can I ask you what are you when you look at the market? And I mean, everybody's talking about we're seeing, and this is where What If is such a phenomenal business in the sense that you've always got to look and you guys are constantly sharpening the pencil as such and with you know cost of living going up we know the challenges in 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 australia at the moment the old traditional way of i'll just ring the hotel and i'll take a booking and it's just it's archaic in a lot of ways and i understand people listening and traditionally in the bush we have the same place we go to because it's it's patterns of behavior but I can't implore people enough that you know, with what if you guys are at the the forefront, you guys are getting the best deals, and it's the best way forward. It's the it's it really is the simplest way to do it. Um, and people shouldn't be scared by it.
1: No,
2: definitely not. Look, <laughs> our motive is to to help these operators get discovered. Um, and it's very difficult for a small hotel operator out in rural Queensland to get discovered, you know, by the by the population that are searching, so we you know, we have a platform. We you know, truly appreciate working with all of these different properties, um, but what we do appreciate is um, really just trying to get these Aussies to, to find these properties and go and stay there, and that's that's our motive first and foremost. Um, secondly, is to. Make sure that we're complementary to that business, and if we can get more eyeballs, um, you know, looking at that hotel on our platform, booking that hotel on our platform, and these are eyeballs of people that are booking that wouldn't have found the property usually or typically, um, you know. And it's a little bit harder now; and no one goes through the old yellow pages these days. Yeah. So everyone goes online. So if we can get more eyeballs, you know, and more people considering that property in that destination then we're ticking boxes. And, you know, we are genuine about it. We're authentic about it. We have been for over 20 years, as I said before. And our motive, um, you know, it, well, it's my it's my job to make sure our motive doesn't change. We stay true to that. And, uh, you know, we just want more people visiting these destinations, supporting these destinations, but experiencing this great country. And why go to America or Europe when you're getting 60 cents for your dollar? Come here and get a dollar for your dollar. And, 100%. You know,
0: go <laughs> and have an ex- and have an extra schooner at the pub. Yeah, you're right. Whatif.com, um, and we'll get all these results up. The winners of the 2023 What If Uniquely Aussie Awards have been revealed. Daniel Finch, always good to have you on my show, mate. I'm really honoured to have you there, mate. It's great to talk to you. And what What If do is, and I'm genuine about this, it is a game changer. And I just want to thank you. I know... It's tough in business, it's tough. It really is. Um, But you guys are at the forefront and you're genuine about wanting people to see and get a better understanding of what's in their own backyard. You're the biggest biggest exporter for it, mate. You you love it. Uh, Really appreciate your time this morning.
2: Thanks, Tom. It's a a privilege to be here and it's also an honour to see your listeners as well. Thank you so much.
0: Good on you. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland today. Hey, welcome back to Rural Queensland today. I'm going to get to the Broncos quickly. Um, Greenups, and we know their bull sale next Thursday, the 14th, uh, at Belvedere at Idesvale. Um, and look, they've got a phenomenal new facility um, for the bulls and clients. I had a look at these photos, and um, uh, Rick Greenup has done a f- phenomenal job with their bull selling complex. Um, at Belvedere Idesvale. It's their on property sale being held next Thursday. You can go to greenup.com.au. Sale will also be interfaced on Auctions Plus. Video catalogue online now greenup.com.au. Uh, that's next Thursday, the 14th. And their new uh, on farm sale facilities at Belvedere Idesvale. So well done to the Rick and Alice Greenup. Um, and obviously, There's a lot there to like as well. That is taking place next Thursday. Uh, Look, Brisbane tonight, it's all about to happen for them. Boy, oh boy, within three years, Kevin Walters has got this Broncos side back to contention. They take on the Melbourne Storm tonight. And the stats don't read well. The stats don't read well. The stats would say that Brisbane can't win, but that is just not the case. Brisbane have done everything they possibly can this year, and they were... Uh, I think a little bit differential in for and against, and they have now got themselves into a position where they take on the Melbourne Storm. Adam Reynolds, Pad Carrigan, Tom Flegler. You look at Reese Walsh, Herbie Farnworth, Selwyn Cobbo, all these young players. Um, yep, they haven't got semi-finals experience, bar Kurt Capel and Adam Reynolds, but they've got big match experience. They've played Origin. Cobbo's played origin, Staggs has played Origin, Farmworth's played in the World Cup, we know Reese Walsh has played Origin. Then you look at then you look at Adam Reynolds. You look at Pat Carrigan. Jordan Ricky's played for his country. You look at Flegless played Origin. Payne Huss has played Origin. Kurt Cape was a premiership player. So you can beat it up however you want. And you can talk about this story about what Brisbane haven't done. Or you can look at what they have done. They're a young side that fear no one. And tonight, in front of 52,000 people, the semifinals get underway. And this game, the Brisbane Broncos taking on the Melbourne Storm has everything. Everything. And I can't speak highly enough about what Kevin Walters has done. 30th of September 2020, the joint was a basket case. He had to go and buy his own shirt. Kevin Walters had to go and buy his own Broncos shirt to face the press conference because there was no one around. And Kevin Walters gets the job as the coach, and he goes about turning things around. They make sackings, they get rid of players, they get rid of football managers, they do everything they can, and over time, the wheel started to turn. But the basis of this wasn't built by Kevin Walters, there was many people involved prior to Kevin Cumming, that got some of these players there. But what he did was he galvanised this side together. And regardless of the results and regardless of whatever goes on, people should know that this is a Kevin Walters coach side. He was a winner when he played and he's a winner now. He has done it time and time again. And for me, um, I, I think... I think that is a very, very important and it is crucial for people to understand that without Kevin Walters, this Broncos side isn't a patch on it. Now, do they get the job done tonight? I think they do. They get the week off and then they, they grind away in a prelim in two weeks' time. But a lot's been said by the Melbourne Storm and a lot has been said about this Broncos side and can they sustain the pressure well only time will tell and you only get better in semi-finals by experience and the intensity and how how difficult these kind of games are because you need to go to another level and that's what I think Brisbane will do tonight I'm concerned yep no two ways about it but what I do know is that they're ready and they're ready And I'm looking forward to it. You'll see it on Channel 9 and on Fox. And there is a lot to like about what will happen. The semi-finals are here and we've got a team that we can be proud of. Fingers crossed we're talking about it next week, about how Brisbane have performed and how well they've gone. This is Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. Um, Look... We talked yesterday, briefly touched on a topic with Lachlan Miller, the member for Gregory, just around um, the viability of TAB, um, of TAB meetings um, in regional Queensland. Well, our resident racing expert is one of Queensland's number one callers, and Andrew Watson, he joins us this morning on Rural Queensland today. Watson, good morning. Thank you so much for being with us. Um, my ears pricked yesterday um, when... Lachlan Miller started talking about this issue. Now, you guys have had standalone, in Longreach, standalone tab meetings this year. But when you talk and hear about these costs, and the, the number was bandied around $5,000, I was like, well, this is not going to be sustainable. This, this, yeah. this is not going to help. Can you just step the listeners through this morning exactly what's happened so we get a better understanding of it and, and, and where it's heading?
3: Yeah, morning, Dave. Look, it it probably it, it's it's in relation more to having a, a tab window or, or agency at your race meeting. Now, you know, um, lots of people, you know, I'm one of those people that love to go toe to toe with a bookie and 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 things like that. But you, look, you, you you do need your tab agencies at a race meeting. You know, people love to do quaddies and quinellas and. You know all that kind of all that kind of stuff. Your multiples and uh, the TAB's new agreement that's, that's come out um, is going to sting clubs like Longreach, Mount Isa, Emerald, Yapoon um, Roma, those that actually run uh, a TAB uh, agency for a better word at a race day, uh, five thousand dollars for a year. Now, just to, to give the listeners some sort of idea, uh, for Longreach, for example, we have um, nine, maybe ten meetings a year. Um, you pay your five thousand dollars. To the TAB um, to, to have that service, you then got to pay wages, which rounds out at about three hundred dollars a meeting. Um, which, which roughly in round terms, you know, you're looking at nine hundred and fifty dollars per meeting to run a TAB. Now, also to give the listeners a, a bit of an insight, uh, our commission from our last race day in Longreach was twelve dollars ninety seven. So, uh, as a business wow. decision, you know, you're basically doing nine hundred a meeting on almost what you would say is an essential service. And as I say, a lot of the smaller clubs don't do it. But Barc is one that, that really will hurt. I mean, um, up until recent times, Barkey didn't even have a TAB in the town. Um, but a lot of punters there love, love betting on the tab. So you, you go to the races at Barc um, you and know, it becomes less viable for them uh, if they're only having seven meetings for the year. So, I mean, it's a tough decision. I've spoken to Mount Isa um, Yapoon, Emerald, uh, Roma, and ourselves in Longreach, who are prepared to give it a, a year trial, only because we're, we're all reasonably financial. But long term, I mean, it's not viable. And if you look over a ten year, um, ten year gap, I mean, you, you're possibly going to be tipping in, you know, fifty to one hundred thousand into a TAB for little to no return. I mean, there's plenty of other places around the track you could spend that money, but you don't want to lose this service.
0: Yeah, and that's the thing. I mean. I'm at the point now where you go, Well, what is the what is the answer? Do the government need to step in? They take so much and they get so much out of this, out of gambling, why wouldn't they be helping, you know, because you need to offer these services for the Bush because it will bring it to the knees. But in saying that, if you have to come up and buck up with that kind of money to only make twelve bucks, well what's the point? You know what I mean, but you have to it's, it's the necessary evil as such.
3: You're exactly right and, and and to put things more in perspective, clubs like Longreach and Bar Calden and Roma, we're paying the same service fee as clubs like Rockhampton and the Sunshine Coast. So it, it, it makes little to no sense and I've spoken to our, our tab retail people and they're just not interested and, and it, it leads you to the fact, well, do they care about our services out here? And I mean, this just isn't TAB, is it? Although it's lots of lots of facets of our bush living, you know, and, and once they go, they don't come back, you yeah. know. So once we lose our tab window, and as, as little a deal as it might sound to some people, but it is a big part of a race day. Is once you lose that service, it's not coming back, and you know you are pushing people to to use their phones and all that kind of stuff, and and you know it's it's it's, it's sad really because it's um, always been a big part of a race day and. You know, I think there's got to be someone intervene and and try and help out, uh, help out these clubs. And in the future, I mean, I'd, I'd say the first year of this deal's probably behind us. We're still waiting for, for the actual agreement to come across the table. But um, looking twelve months down the track, I think you know the, the, our Western clubs have to band together and, and sort of have, be heard and try and get some sort of resolution.
0: I agree, and I think <laughs> I hope, really hope that um, that we. That we can try and get a resolution. Um, you know, it, it's going to be quite interesting to see what happens moving forward. Watsy, Lots going on around the neck of the woods, um, mate. Talk to me about racing. There's some big races coming up.
3: Yeah, there are. So the the River Circuit, the Simpson Desert Racing Carnival, which has been great this year, but Tuder uh, is just. Um, fantastic last week and uh, finishes in Baduri this weekend so i get the pleasure to uh, jump on a plane tomorrow morning and head down there so uh, looking forward to that. Morvan um, uh, with their cup meeting this weekend, Thank Gould, uh, Windy. but uh, actually one across the border that's um, Trick my interest, uh, Dobbo in Gonia uh, 150k south of Cunnamulla, uh, a fair few of the southwest trainers heading down there. So uh, that's this weekend. And of course, uh, in a couple of weeks' time, we start swinging into it's a cup season. Uh, of course, Longreach cup and Mount Isa, Spring Cup kickoff. Uh, the Country Cups circuit. And uh, as we know, the Country Cup and the Country Stampede, two wonderful additions um, to our bush calendar each and every year uh, with 16 spots in the final uh, at the end of the year to race for some city riches. So it's always uh, always a, a good time of year. Uh, we often see a lot of new horses come through uh, at this point of time as well, uh, going for those races. So uh, as always, Dobbo it's a very, very busy time.
0: Yeah, it certainly is. Um, racing is, well... Birdsville was strong um, and this is a big time of the year. What do we lead up to the summer?
3: yeah so our, summer is um those those finals i spoke about um on the 2nd of december and and that sort of winds up the the season for for obvious reasons i mean it's it's as a long uh, week in week out season and it gives everyone a break but you know the temperatures aren't overly conducive to summer racing um yeah those those two races i mentioned the country stampede worth sixty one thousand to the winner at Doomben on the second of December, and also the country Cups challenge for one hundred and sixteen thousand uh, at Doom. so that's a pretty good way to to way to end the year but uh, on that on the road to summer um, yeah we have lots lots of cups and uh, you know we've got the big day in Roma uh, their cup day is huge um, they've probably won the pioneers when we talk about uh, tab racing um, in the bush so no, looking forward to a couple of those big meetings uh, towards the back end of the year.
0: Yeah, perfect. Um, I'm looking forward to hearing that as well. Andrew Watts, interesting times, mate. We appreciate your time this morning. Thanks so much. Always a pleasure, mate. Good on you, mate. We'll take a break, come back with more. This is Rural Queensland Today. Well, that's it from us here this morning at Rural Queensland Today on this Friday morning, the 8th of September. Best of luck to the Brisbane Broncos, also the Brisbane Lions tomorrow. I hope everybody has a great weekend. The best of is on tomorrow, and Jamie Dunn is on. Resonate across the network for tomorrow morning after our best of. So looking forward to Jamie Dunn and Agro back on the airways, as we all know. So much to get through, though, today. Ray Hadley joins you next. Have a great day, and remember, when the wheat is ripe, keep the headers rolling in the paddock. Till next time, from all the team here at Rural Queensland today. Stay safe on the roads and it's bye for now.